That's a great song. It is well with my soul. Amen. Is it well with everybody here today? Thank you, Jesus. We have some new people in the church, and if you don't know me, it might be a good thing. My name is George Vitetta. <laughs> well, I guess now this sermon really does have to be good. I get a few people out there. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to go through this message pretty quickly. So let's open up. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you, Lord, to bless me from the top of my head to the soles of my feet, Lord, that I may speak your word, Lord. Heavenly Father, I ask you, Lord, to open our hearts that we may hear the word and by the word be washed and cleansed by it, Father. And Father, we ask this in your holy name. Amen. You see the first slide up there says the power of of the word, life and death. And that's going to be the message today. We're going to look at the power of the living word. Please play the video. Within our words, an unseen power is set in motion. The tongue is a small thing, but like a tiny spark can set a great force on fire. Once spoken, our words begin blazing a trail through the hearts and lives of those around us. One kind word can demolish guilt. It can inspire hope. But the same words have also embraced hatred and executed innocence. Once spoken, our words scorch through feelings and emotions on a level that only they can produce. Your words set up a chain of events beyond your control and of which you will never know. One word can destroy beliefs, harden hearts, or cultivate hatred, but they can also demonstrate faith, display forgiveness, and nurture love. The power of life and death lies in a single word, and we, the image of God, have this power in one word. Amen. Do we believe that? That there is that much power in just one word? Is that true? Put up the next slide. I think you already did. It says the tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will, not a doubt, will eat its fruit. In other words, they shall suffer the consequences of words. And this, because they love it. The word once spoken cannot be retrieved. You cannot grab it. It is sound that's reverberating throughout the air, and you can't get it back. But the most amazing part about that, it's going to affect people. And these words have been proven can affect the whole world. Imagine that. Your words can bring life, or they can bring death to the world. And I'm going to show you this. But what I'm going to do first is I'm going to ask you to give me a little bit of grace here because the first part of this is not too comfortable. But it's the last part that I think is the most important. But I want to show you how important is your word. Go to the next slide, please. Four. There, he's got it up. He's ahead of me. But I say to you, 
that for every idle word man may speak, they will give account of it in the day of judgment. Listen to what this is saying. For by your words you will be justified, you will have eternal life. Or by your words you will be condemned. Thank you, Lord. Have eternal damnation. By your words. The implication of this one statement is totally inconceivable to the carnal mind. Nations have risen in victory and have fallen in defeat. Thousands times ten thousands have perished by it, and thousands by ten thousands have been saved by it. It truly has power of life and death, and those of us who wield it need to be careful. Do we speak life or do we speak death? Our tongue will either bring blessings or curses upon us from both God and men in both the present time and eternity to come. Let's go to slide four, please. This is a very important scripture. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a force a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire. Imagine that. A world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body. And this, this, this one verse. And sets on fire the course of nature. Can this be true? Can really words set on fire the course of nature? Next slide, please. Really? 60 to 71 million people, his words. Can you imagine that? Six, six million, excuse me, six million Jews were executed. But what I find so fascinating, and no one ever probably seen the statistics, it's almost a one-to-one, a one-to-one, that those who were executed, the Jews, or German died. Most people don't realize that. God was there. And this is what it caused. Next slide. This is where his, his words caused the destruction. It enveloped the whole world. I think that really brings it home. Hitler acted as a rudder. Nazi Germany was the ship. And they drove the whole world. Is our words important? Is what we say important? I think it very much is. As I said, give me a little time here. I'll get to the good part. Slide seven. I guess everybody's going, I hope he gets there soon. I find this Joshua 6.10, and it says here, Now Joshua commanded the people, saying, You shall not shout or make any noise with your voice. Nothing. Don't even whimper. You ain't going to say nothing. 
Nor shall a word proceed out of your mouth until the day I say to you, shout, then you shall shout. You know what the most amazing thing about that statement? Does anyone realize God did not tell Joshua to say that? Read it for yourselves. He didn't say, Joshua, tell the people not to speak. Joshua, tell them not to even utter a word. Let nothing come out of your voice. So why did he say it? God didn't command him to say that. But why did he say it? Was there something that he remembered? That he knew he had to tell him, please, don't speak a word in the camp. Or we're not going to have victory. Now, I don't have this. I'm going to read this part. Numbers 13, 1 through 2. And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I give to the children of Israel. For 40 days, the men spied out the land. Verse 27, 28. Then Moses, they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Yes, Lord. God's promise is true. There is milk and there is honey here. Here's its fruit. Here's the proof. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants Enoch, which means the giants there. And they were truly scared of what they had saw, and they're given a bad report here. They're not speaking words of life here. They're saying, hey, Moses, we took a look at the land. We ain't going in there. We're not going to do this. If we go there, we're going to die. We're not going to have victory. But thank God for words of life. Here comes Caleb. Then Caleb, who was Joshua, quite the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession. We are well able to overcome it. These are words of life. He had faith in God. He remembered the Dead Sea. He remembered the sea opening. It wasn't that, excuse me. He remembered the sea opening. And one of the greatest armies on earth was destroyed before Israel, and they didn't even pick up a sword. He says, I remember the cloud by day. I remember the pillar of fire by night. And if God be who for us, then who's going to be against us? Come on, grab the swords. Let's go, because victory's in our hands. And that's words of life. But there's always the naysayers. We got the other 10 going, no, 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 no. Let me tell you the way it really is. You're not going to have victory. We're all going to die up there. And that night, and I'm paraphrasing this quick, that night there became murmuring amongst the camp of the Israelites. What happened? What happened? First of all, the 10 spies, the other 10, they didn't even make it the next day. But for 40 years, because of their murmuring, they went into the wilderness. For 40 years, they went to the desert because they complained and they murmured. So much so, they wanted to kill 
Moses and Joshua. And Moses gave words of life. He started praying, Lord, don't do this. Lord, please don't do this. It's amazing what the righteous prayer of one man can do. I believe it can change the whole world. Now you know why Joshua told him to shut up. He remembered this. He remembered cause and effect. We did this and this happened. So now I don't want you to speak a word because a little unleavened unleavened the whole lump. Now we're going to go to the good part of the sermon (laughs) where you might feel more comfortable. Go to slide eight, please. Thank you. About 1,300 years later, there's words of victory. Tremendous words of victory. Acts 16, 25, 27, but at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And their prisoners were listening to them. And suddenly there came great earthquake so that the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosened. Where are they? They're in a dungeon. They're standing in feces. That's what they really are. Where rats are. What are they doing? Are they complaining like the children of Israel complained? No. They're speaking words of life. I can hear it right now. Jesus! Thank you, Jesus! Thank you that we're suffering for you! They were just praising God in prayer, so much so that the prisoners could hear them throughout the prison. They weren't saying, dear Lord Jesus, thank you, God. We just love you, Lord. No, that's not how it went. That's not how it went. So much so that God heard them. God heard them. And there was an earthquake. Talk about freedom. And the doors that bound them were opened and the chains that held them broke loose. Why? Because they're praising God. They're giving him the honor. They're giving him the glory. And they're not complaining. And they're having great victory. They're not like the children of Israel. Put up the next slide, please. You've heard me talk about this before. This is probably one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And there's a reason for this. Now, they came to Jericho. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude, blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
And then many warned him to be quiet. And he carried out, cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Here's blind Bartimaeus, and I want you to know and think about this. There's another great victory going to happen at the walls of Jericho, and there's another person going to be shouting. And there's more than walls going to come down here. He's crying out to God. And it's amazing to me. He's saying, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And he's saying it so much that the people are saying to him, shut up. You are embarrassing us. Shut up. You are not in order. But the more they told him to shut up, the more he just raised his hands and said, Jesus, the son of David, have mercy upon me. Because he was going to have victory. But I think the thing that totally astonishes me Jesus stood still. God stood still. Why? He's yelling to God with all his heart and all his might and all his soul, everything inside him. He's saying, I don't care what you say. I don't care what you think. I'm getting to Jesus. Those are words of life, everlasting life. Just like Paul and Silas. God heard them. Did he not? Can God hear us today? Is God here today? I've always wondered, and this is not condemnation to anybody in here, nothing about the church, nothing about order, but what would we do if someone stood up right in the middle of the service and said, Jesus, what would we do? Would we tell them to shut up? I didn't hear that. <laughs> I think a lot of us would stand up and praise right alongside him. If a man had that sincere heart and he's after Jesus, the power of the spoken word that can save us, that can cleanse us. The word of life, it is not a word of death. Are we careful about what we speak? Are we careful about what we say? Do we think? The world says, think before you speak. In other words, think before you open your big mouth because it's going to get you in trouble. I should know. I'm in trouble all the time. That's why God gave me the message. Hey, it's the truth. Lord, what am I doing wrong? Shut up. We're laughing, but I really wanted to get through tonight, today, excuse me, today, of how important we are to each other. Every word we speak to each other, are we encouraging each other? 
Are we uplifting each other? Are we raising our voices together in one? Jesus said, woe to those who offend one of my little ones. It'd be better for a millstone to be hung around his neck. And I haven't seen too many necks, but necks and thrown into the deepest water. How do you offend little ones? A lot of times we do by our words that we speak. We're talking life and death here. I don't know how much more I can encourage everybody to love one another. Put up the last slide. That's love. That's love. If you're here today, just call on Jesus' name. We're going to have communion, and after communion, we have the elders of the church who come up. Speak words of life. If you're here today, God is here. He was here when we came in the building. That's how I'm going to close this message with just if someone's heart has been pricked today, just call out to him. Don't worry about who's around you. Don't worry about what someone's going to say. Just speak words of life. Thank you. Hi, I'm Jeff Eckstein, one of the pastors here at Bethlehem Community Church. Welcome to our Sunday podcast, coming to you from the town of Bethlehem in upstate New York in the USA. Bethlehem Community Church is an independent, non-denominational, Bible-based evangelical church that includes people with backgrounds from many denominations. We believe that it is only through the love of the Father, the sacrifice of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ on the cross, and the power of the Holy Spirit that we can come into a personal relationship with God. We are people truly seeking a deeper intimacy with God and with one another. If you'd like to know more about our church, please visit our website at www.bccdelmar.org. There you'll be able to find our statement of faith, as well as more about the ministry of Bethlehem Community Church. You'll also be able to submit prayer requests as we are called to pray with and for you. We also would love to hear your story and how you found our podcast and where you're listening from. So please visit our website and send us an email. Again, it's bccdelmar.org. That's bccdelmar.org. Thank you for joining us as we continue our pursuit of knowing God and making Him known.